Good morning. It's good to be back to share um, the message on this Sunday morning. And I trust that we are all doing well uh, by in the grace of our Lord. The Lord sustains us. The Lord strengthens us. And uh, he's our portion in this life. He's the center and he's our all in all. And uh, I believe that as we continue to walk uh, with the Lord, we will see God do greater things in and through our lives in this new year. Uh, just to update you that uh, even as we continue to meet online on Sunday mornings and even as live groups, uh, I want to uh, just encourage the live groups that if you could make an attempt to start uh, gathering together physically as you're comfortable, just in the right number, uh, following all the protocols. And uh, even as we do that, we will continue to be online uh, with, for those who uh, cannot join in physically. But we are aiming to have our first physical gathering on a Sunday morning on Resurrection Sunday. That's April 4th. On April 4th, we, we are hoping to come together, but following all the required protocols. So we'll update you on the details of how we're going to do that. But yeah, we're aiming to do that on April 4th. Uh, this morning, I want to share with us a very simple, but I believe a very heartwarming, encouraging message that will help us to draw closer to the Lord. And I want to share with you about a quiet place. And you've always heard about the quiet time, right? But what I've personally, um, you know, experienced in all these years and learned, that you cannot have really a quiet time with the Lord unless you don't have a quiet place with the Lord. Um, one of my earliest memories of uh, having my quiet place was when mom and me were staying in a little house uh, uh, back in, in 93 and then 94. It was uh, just in and just outside of my bathroom area. It was just a little space that I had. But yeah, it was my quiet place. Uh, there wasn't anybody there. As far as I remember, there were just a lot of mosquitoes uh, to give me company. Uh, but it was my quiet place and I loved being there. And of course, I would wait for those times when mom would uh, step out of the house in order to uh, watch TV uh, at, at the neighbors. And, and I would get the whole little house to my play, to myself and just pick up my guitar and, and worship the Lord, uh, you know, to my heart's content. And just spend time in his presence, spend time with his word, read a lot of God's word and uh, even read the good books. And just be alone with God, you know, just soak myself in uh, God's presence. But one of my most poignant uh, memories of a quiet place, and I've actually taken a pic of that place, is a place that would be familiar to most of us, is, uh, is in St. Mary's Kandala. And there's actually that place, if you remember, where there's a circular table that overlooks the mountains and the valley below. And uh, we've been going there since 98 of January, January 98. I remember that's when we had our first family camp. We started as a church in Jan 97. It was one year later that we went for our first family camp. And from then on, I always look forward to sitting in that place alone, being quiiet and just being with God, just looking at those majestic hills or mountains, if you can call it, and, and the valley. And sometimes we would go in the rainy season, there would just be all these clouds coming down. And just a quiet place being with a God, being in touch with myself, my own emotions, my feelings, my thoughts, just gathering myself and gathering myself back into God. And, uh, and I, I want to, you know, emphasize and encourage the importance of a quiet place. I can't have a quiet time with God 
literally don't have a quiet place. Another memory that helps me, um, you know, my memory serves me well is um, uh, there was this time in 2006, seven, eight, uh, those years. And, um, I, you know, I, we just started a, a house church in Borivli West and it was in the house of our dear Austin and Rosalind Borivli. And uh, I remember I would come early with my backpack and I would just walk in the lanes of IC Calling. It was quite quiet in those days. I don't know how it is now, but it was quiet in those days. I would just walk around and for quite some time. And, uh, and I would just be alone with God, just be uh, enjoying the quietness of the place because it was just in the afternoon. No one was really around. Uh, around uh, maybe people are going to work and the others are taking the afternoon siesta. And I could just be, uh, you know, enjoying uh, being in touch with myself and more importantly, being close to the Lord. Quiet place. Stillness is an essential part of our growing deeper in God. When I look back at all these years, uh, I want to say this would be impossible for me to be here today if it was not for me taking those times and choosing those places intentionally to be alone with God. Stillness is an essential part of us growing deeper in God. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I want to read a passage from Mark 6, 31 to 32. And, you know, where Jesus underlines the importance of a quiet place, of a secluded place, so that uh, he and the disciples could rest a while. Mark 6, 31 to 32. Let me read that for you. It says, uh, and he said to them, come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while. For there were many people coming and going and they did not even have time to eat. They went away in the boat to a secluded place by themselves. And they went away to a secluded place. And, you know, by then, by, by then you know, when we look at the Gospels of where this is placed, you know, Jesus was, popularity was peaking. Wherever we went, you could safely say that there would probably be thousands of swarming all around from the countryside, from the neighboring towns and villages, you know, wanting to hear him, expecting a healing, deliverance from demons, just wanting to be close to him, just wanting to touch him. And he was swarmed by people. And you can't even imagine the demands that were on him and the disciples, you know, ministering to these crowds, crowds day after day. He was, Jesus was busy. You know, we complain we're busy. Can you just imagine how busy Jesus would have been, how demanding his schedule would have been? And, uh, you know, in all of that, we see how the gospel writers intentionally help us see uh, how Jesus lived his life in those years, how Jesus, uh, you know, prioritized being with the Father alone. We see Luke doing that, especially in his gospel. He repeatedly emphasized and helps us see that Jesus would wake up early in the morning and he would be with the Father alone. And here we see in this particular passage, you know, Jesus emphasizing the importance of a quiet place. He knew the value of alone time. You and I need, beloved, to have a place and you need to have a time where we can withdraw from the frenzy, you know, of, of living in a city like Mumbai. Just, you know, uh, the demands that are on us. And I, you know what, I sympathize and I believe that more than me, the Lord sympathizes. He knows the pressures uh, that come with living in a city like Mumbai. And we, most of us know that, you know, the whole online experience has not made it easy. You know, you speak into so many people and they're saying, you know what, 
uh, our organizations or our leaders at workplace have become even more demanding and they become even more sensitive, insensitive with us. And, you know, we used to probably put eight to 10 hours of work uh, when we used to travel to office, but now it's like 14, 15 hours uh, being at home and we're not getting that time. And Jesus understands, Jesus understands. What I'm emphasizing right now uh, by way of this passage, and I'm encouraging you, is not just extended times. I'm saying maybe it's those little pockets of times, but get a quiet place where you can be with the Lord frequently alone. You know, maybe you, you're not able to have that one hour at a stretch or those two hours at a stretch. Hey, but can you take those 15 minutes? Because you have that place set. You can just go to that place and hide in God and be with him. You know, be with his word. Just sing a song of worship to him. Just share your heart with him. Just express to him how much you love him and how much he's, how much, how much you adore him and that he's first and central in your life. Just expressing that would just renew your love for him and help you experience his love and the nearness of his presence with you. You know, beloved, allow me to remind you that the still small voice of God will always be the still small voice of God, irrespective of, you know, how loud the volume of people and things around us are. You know, the voice of God will never shout out. You know, God doesn't increase his volume as the volumes of the things and people around us increase. He doesn't. He will always remain the still small voice. And I, I believe the reason he does that is to make his voice that pearl of greatest price. You see, if, if we always have God, you know, fine-tuning his bandwidth to our frenzied life, we will not be able to value the nearness of his presence, not be able to value uh, the need for us to seek him, for us to keep going to him. And we will, we will devalue uh, the presence of God. We will devalue the relationship uh, uh, of God in our life, the, the relationship for which he paid the highest price, you know, the supreme price, so that we could be in fellowship with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that we would be abiding in his words, his words abiding in us. And beloved, so that that still small voice, that fellowship, that precious time with God uh, would always be precious. So the Lord will make it difficult, will make it difficult. And in, 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 in a sense that we have to be intentional about finding that place and finding that time to be with him alone. He desires to refresh us and encourage us, you know, and we see that so beautifully described in Psalm 23, right? He's the shepherd who wants to bring us to a place where we will not want, where we find our contentment in him, no matter what comes, no matter what goes. You know, one, one fact of life is people come, people go. You know, circumstances come, circumstances go, things change. But he wants to be that shepherd who wants to always keep us in that place where he will restore our souls, strengthen us, comfort us, lead us, guide us, be with us, assure us of his ever-present help in the times of trouble. And that he will always deliver us from all our afflictions. The Lord wants to meet with you. He's always there with you. But being there with you and me doesn't mean he always gets to meet with us. And he meets with us in the quiet place that we can choose to be with him. And so I want to I summarize this by giving you three encouragements that you know that we receive. There's so much. There's so much that we receive when we are with the Lord. But just a gentle reminder as an encouragement, three things that we receive when we are with the Lord. Number one, relationship. We know that. We understand that our relationship with the Lord deepens 
when we are with him alone. It's natural. The ones we spend time with more are the ones we draw close to, unless it's a bad relationship. And then we, we freak out and we walk away. But with the Lord, we draw near to him. And the more we spend time with him, the more we understand his heart, the more we appreciate his thoughts, the more his will becomes enthroned in our life. The more as we, you know, as we read his word, his words get carved upon our hearts by his spirit. And, and so our relationship with the Lord goes deep. And beloved, that is the fountain of life, you know, abiding in him, you know, being in the fellowship with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. There is no life apart from the Lord. There is no happiness. There is no hope. There's no joy. There's no strength. There's no wisdom. There is no life. There's nothing outside of being with the Lord. When we are with him, no matter what loss we suffer otherwise, you know, everything is made up in him. You know, he becomes our all in all. And so we deepen our relationship with God. So beloved, if, are you feeling lost? Are you feeling away from him? You know, years back, I was encouraged by a friend and he said, you know, God is as close or as far as it takes to say, Father. When we say Father, we become aware of how near he is to us. As somebody, as, as somebody says, you know, he's closer than the air that we breathe. And so our relationship with the Lord deepens. The second thing is we find rest for our souls. Oh, rest. We need rest for our souls. And we often quote Matthew eleven twenty eight to others. Come unto me. You who are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest for your souls. Matthew eleven twenty eight, And that passage has been used often to invite people who don't know Jesus, the unbelievers to Jesus. Say, hey, all of you heavy laden and burdened, you know, Jesus is going to give you rest for your soul. And of course, that's true. It is an invitation to them, but it is also an invitation to us, children of God, that so often we drift away. From, from the Lord and, and we begin to try to do things in our own strength and we begin to carry our own burdens, we begin to fight our own battles. We get weary and tired. And beloved, being there for too long is not healthy. Being there in that place of tiredness and weariness is dangerous because that's what leads to discouragement and ultimately for some to even give up. And beloved, you know, we are encouraged by the writers of the Gospels and by the writers of the New Testament. Don't give up but rather come near, draw near to God, and we will find rest for our souls. Come unto us heavy laden and burdened. Let Jesus give you rest. Cast all your cares onto him, as the apostle Peter commanded. Why? Because he cares for you. You know, the Lord knows it all. And, uh, you know, there's so many things, uh, beloved. There are questions we will not get answers in this life. There are, there are, there are battles that, you know, we have to keep fighting. And, and victory may take some time to come. You know, there are some battles we may get the victory earlier, much earlier than we even expect. There are breakthroughs that will come, miracles that will happen. But you know what, beloved? It's not all going to be picture perfect. That's for heaven. That's eternity calling. We carry that eternity in our hearts. So we need rest, beloved, to run this race well. We cannot complete this race well. You see, remember what Jesus said? He who endures to the end. Endurance requires timely periods, frequent periods of rest. And the third thing, renewal. It requires renewal. Isaiah 40, verse 31, they that wait upon the Lord shall mount up with wings and rise up like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. 
they that wait upon the Lord. How often have not the writers of the Gospels emphasized on waiting on the Lord? It's not the shortcut that works in the Christian life, beloved. It doesn't work, uh, you know, or it's not two-minute Maggie noodles, you know. The things of God take time. They take time for us to receive. They take time for us to absorb those things. It takes time for the will of God to captivate our hearts. It takes time for God to correct us, to convict us. It takes time for the Lord to renew us, to make us like him. It takes time, beloved. And it takes time for us to wait on God. So maybe find that quiet place, you know. And like I said, you know, if you're not able to have an extended time, but go often, as, as often as you can. You know, Smith Wigglesworth, uh, you know, somebody said about him that he would not pray more than half an hour. But he would not let half an hour go without praying. You know, that was tricky. That he would not even let half an hour go without praying. A man who continually abide, abided in the Lord, you know, a simple plumber became a mighty giant of faith and did great things for God. And so, beloved, we get renewed in God. We get renewed in strength. We get renewed in wisdom. We get renewed in the things of God. And we are energized by God uh, as we wait in His presence. We are energized in His presence. His anointing comes upon us afresh. We are continually filled by His Spirit. And we are strengthened and encouraged to continue to walk in faith and obedience. And I want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters, you know, to be renewed in the presence of God. Relationship, rest, and renewal. And there's so much more that you can think of right now and maybe during the day of what are the benefits and blessings of finding your quiet place with the Lord. I want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters, this Sunday morning, hey, if you've been away, come back. Come back to the Lord. You know, if you've been tired and weary, come back to your quiet place, you know. Come back and Find the Lord there waiting for you. And you will hear his still small voice. How kind and compassionate is Jesus? You know, the disciples didn't say, but Jesus tells the disciples, let's go to a secluded place. Let's eat. Let's rest for a while. And that I believe that's what the Lord wants to say to me and to you this morning. Let's go to a secluded place. Let's have a meal together. Let's rest a while. The Lord bless you, my brothers and my sisters. We'll be in touch. God bless you.